Welcome back to this episode of Pass the Lunchroom. My name's Dan. Today we're going to talk about basic training, Fort Benning, Georgia, Harmony Church. It's at the end of May, 1979. We've only been out of high school, graduated in about two weeks, and Lord knows why, but we signed up for the Army, and it was time to go to basic training. Well, the way this started off, there was three of us guys, and we just had this harebrained idea. And we got on, uh, got in on rather two uh, pro- programs that the Army had at the time, and one of them was the buddy system. You, you, you and, and two other buddies uh, could go uh, and be together at basic training, and even you're in a first unit uh, station if you so desired. And the second program we signed under was the delayed entry program. So we had already been in a year, actually before we had to go. Well, this little small town, <laughs> Greyhound bus, this was just a, just a quick stop at the local uh, drugstore on the corner. We, and of course the army, you know, they give you, they send you your orders and your tickets. I mean, they, they pay all the way. We hop on that bus headed to Oklahoma city to the airport. Hey, you got these three guys. We hop off that bus. It, it seems like it took forever to get to Oklahoma city, even though it was only 150 miles away. It took five or six hours to get there. How many of you remember or know that Greyhound stops at every hole in the wall? Well, we pile up in that airport like we own the place, you know, in our, our Wrangler jeans and cowboy boots and uh, strolling through there. And now, hey, listen, in our mind, uh, you know, we're thinking there's lightning bolts coming off of of us and uh, you know fogs rolling out beneath us okay we're on our way to the army right basic training in reality we're just a couple three sloppy dressed guys walking down the causeway well we had to go to fort jackson south carolina first and that's the reception station that's where you go to process in you get your uniforms all your shots uh, things of that nature now that that wasn't too awful bad we got there it was the very beginning of Memorial Day weekend. I can't remember exactly what day of the week it was, but whatever day of the week it was, it kind of felt odd. So what it did is it created uh, an extra day or so holiday out of that weekend. So we were sitting in Fort Jackson, South Carolina with just absolutely nothing to do because all these uh, military personnel that done all these things, they they had the, the time off. They were Memorial weekend, you know, and... Uh, so that put us almost a week behind, and <laughs> we got late, late one afternoon. They called us out. Now, listen, we're not, we have absolutely no idea what's going on from one minute to the next, really. The Army's real good about not not letting you look forward to anything. Well, here we go outside, and there's these uh, Continental Trailways buses waiting on us, and we hop on those things. We still really have no idea what where these buses are taking us. We just figure, I, we only know that this is the reception station from looking back on things. During this time now, mind you, we had absolutely no idea. These buses were taking us to uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, to the Harmony Church training area. Now, these were pre, uh, or at least at least World War II barracks, wooden structures. Uh, if you've ever seen the old pictures of when Elvis Presley was in basic, those wooden structures, uh, you know, they show pictures. These are the very same same design. No air conditioner, no nothing. And we're going into the heat of a Georgia summer. We get there about four in the morning. And you've seen the you've seen the movies and the videos. Hey, listen, these drill sergeants—they've been up all night sharpening their teeth, just waiting on us. My goodness, we got off that bus and they were screaming and hollering and carrying on, and they threw all of our duffel bags in one pile. And uh, of course, we had uh, or somebody had spray painted, stenciled our name and social security number. Unless other than that, they all look the same. You've got two minutes to find your duffel bag, you know, and they're all in a pile. You know, golly, 
60 or 70 duffel bags. Well, we get in there and, and uh, go go to bed. We, we weren't in there just maybe a couple hours and they got us back up. You know, just it was a long day. So here we are. Now, mind you, we're almost a week behind anyway. We've almost, because of Memorial Day weekend. Well, we get there and come to find out, everything's on a time schedule, right? We'll come to find out that even though our company was there, the battalion uh, was not there yet. And it wasn't scheduled to start for two more weeks. So here we are just killing, well, not necessarily killing time. Those drill sergeants like to ran us to death every day. But our, our time to be there has not even started yet. Oh, man, that's critical. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Hey, listen, about the third day in, we're all sitting in the barracks on the floor, and uh, we're signing some papers that, that need to be signed there, like just typical stuff, you know, if something happened, you know, life insurance, if something happens to you, beneficiaries, um, they're giving you your address, and, you know, everything has got to be perfect to the T, even down to the address, you know, for when mom or dad writes you or whoever, and uh, there's a little... Uh, newspaper clipping and you all you do is you you write in the space uh it's a proof for a clipping rather and you write in the name of the the newspaper of your you know local small town and they'll they'll put in there you know hey private danny is in basic training <laughs> anyway so uh we're doing that just just silly little stuff like that well about that you know sitting there during that same time rather it finally dawned on me and probably just about everybody in there what in the world did we get ourselves into? There's no going home. I mean, you can't quit. I mean, they'll they'll put you in jail. You know what are you going to do? <laughs> Nothing. You're just going to sit there or stay there rather and and do it. Now there was a couple guys that flaked out real quick. Uh, one kid. Listen, every every basic training cycle has stories like this. One kid. He decided he was from Brooklyn, New York, and uh, he's a real colorful guy. Uh, kind of like somebody you'd see out of a, a World War II movie, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know that he was Hispanic, but maybe Italian, you know, kind of had that vibe, you know what I'm saying? And a uh, real cool cat. Well, he took a bunch of contact. I don't even know if they had them anymore, but they were, uh, I think, a cold medicine or an allergy medicine or something. Anyway, he overdosed on the whole packet. Now, whether these things hurt you or not, I don't know, but he did that and I think just to make a statement, actually, well, the Army doesn't want nobody like that. But hey, here's the deal. They're not going to punch your Greyhound ticket back home. You're going to stay. And you're going to stay till the rest of us complete our cycle, not only in basic training, but AIT. And AIT for us was advanced infantry training. At this point, you know, we really had no idea what we'd even got into as far as our job. But like I said, just uh, we we found ourselves square in the infantry. My goodness, we just didn't look into nothing before we signed in papers. Well, you know, you've got stories of some of these guys that you know we all know, or this. Oh, I liked it; it was fun. And well, it, it may be, but dude, let me tell you something. These are guys that march to the beat of a different drum. Uh, you know what I mean? They tie their shoes backwards or something because there's nothing fun about it. I mean, unless you'd like somebody in your face 24-7 screaming and hollering at you and making you get down and do push-ups and march through that hot Georgia sand. And uh, There's nothing fun about it at all. But, you know, after it's all said and done with, looking back, we just had some incredible, incredible memories uh, from basic training. 
uh, at the beginning, I, I told you, you know, here, here we're just about three weeks late getting started now just because of the, the Army's time frame. And so we were there, uh, I, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 weeks. And uh, so we finally get started. The first thing they want to do is start treat, uh, uh, training you, rather, for drill and ceremony. That's, that's the marching around and uh, learning how to do this drill and ceremony, different things like that, you know. And I don't know, it seemed like you spend uh, the biggest part of a week on that, you know, three days solid and running. Oh, my gosh. We, we ran till I thought our brains was going to come pouring out of our ears. But anyway, we had so much fun in between all that. Looking back, not while we were there. It was not fun at all. We had been there. Now, listen, we're, we're right at the end now. And we're turning our weapons in for the last time. Now, we don't, you don't keep your weapons with you in basic training. They're turned into They're kept in an armory, actually. And you check them out uh, as needed which was pretty much daily because even though you weren't using them for anything, they just wanted you to carry them. We were turning them in for the last time. I'm going to tell you something. These these were M16s, and they were wore completely out. Those things, you could shake them, and they'd rattle, and I don't even know how they shot, but they did. Someone once made the, the comment that maybe, you know, a lot of these weapons had even seen a lot of service in Vietnam. I don't know if that's the case, or they had uh, simply just been in basic training all those years. But, uh, so having said all that, these things were just junk to begin with. But that junk better sparkle like a brand new one, especially on that final turn in back to uh, the armory. I'd already uh, cleaned mine, and and the drill sergeant, you know, he gave his okay, so that's good enough. Uh, don't do nothing else to it. You know, I think you're good. Now, my other two old buddies, and we were always cutting up. Remember I told you about all that sand that sits there everywhere in Georgia. It's hot. You're sweaty. That stuff just gets all on you. We're sitting on the ground outside. Everybody was with whatever spread out there with our the, our weapons, you know, stripped down and cleaning them all up. And I walked up. <laughs> oh, man. I kicked sand right on my buddy's weapon. Just being, just being ornery. You know, none of the three of us were above doing that at any given time. But that was serious business. And the look on his face, I turned around and ran. And we had uh, we had to wear our, our helmets, our helmet liners all the time. But, you know, uh, when you go to the field and go training, or especially in combat, there's a, a steel pot that goes over that. And this is before Kevlar and, uh, you know, what we have now. <clears throat> For whatever reason... We had the steel pot out that day, I guess because we were just fixing to turn in all of our equipment. I took off running, and I was pretty good ways away, but anyway, old Steve was his name. He grabbed his steel pot and reared back and threw it at me and <laughs> hit me right in the back of the head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I felt like uh, during Bugs Bunny seeing birds flying around his head, you know, after he got cold cocked by Elmer Fudd or something. <laughs> old Steve was mad. We were best friends now, so that's probably my only saving grace. But uh, anyway, we had a 25-mile road march. Now, these were some things we had to do before before we could graduate, and this was right there toward the end. And that 25-mile road march, you had to do it. And it was a tactical road march. You had, uh, it was, they called them Alice Packs back then. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of stuff. You know, the, 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 the troops nowadays, they have big old backpacks and, those things may weigh 60, 70, 80 pounds, but 
back then we traveled light. Uh, it had like a, a, a shelter half in it, two put together would make a pup tent, you know, stuff like that. Anyway, we had our uh, helmet liners, steel pots. It was tactical. We had our weapons and we had to do it. 25 mile road march. Oh, I don't know. Within 14 hours or something like that. We left at 6.15 one evening from uh, some range there. Uh, every every area was called a range, whether it was, whether it was, it didn't necessarily have to be a gun range. It was just a range. Well, they had mail call, right? Right before, just the weirdest thing in the field that day, that evening, we had a mail call. And I got a letter from a little old gal back home. Now, we weren't, uh, you know, seeing each other or nothing like that, but. And we knew each other, and she had wrote the sweetest letter to me. And, you know, I read that thing and, and just gave me a, uh, my goodness, just a boost of energy. I don't know how many times I, I read that thing, you know, over the course of the next 12 hours, uh, getting through that road march. And, hey, listen, tactical tactical road march, this is not no stroll in the park, mind you. This ain't no 5K walk or nothing like that. You know, we're talking... We're on some old road that uh, that tanks and, and things of that nature go up and down all the time, and it just pulverizes that sand. And and this sand's just just almost like walking on the beach, you know, super hard to walk on. And uh, yeah, even though it was in the, at night, most of it, that sand stays hot. It's just like, I don't know, it's like barbecuing your feet all night. And we just marched and marched and, and finally got back 12 hours and 15 minutes later, we start, we were marching into the company area. The only time they let us cut us any slack, the drill sergeant said, okay, why don't you guys go in there, go to bed for a little bit and then uh, watch you sleep a little bit and then we'll get up and you can go to chow for, for lunch. Well, oh man, we just went in there and died, you know, but we took our boots off and, uh, Oh, man, that was a mistake. Most of us, our feet were just raw, just blistered and raw, And but it didn't matter. You know, come time to, to go to formation a few hours later, to go to chow, we had to put those boots back on and get squared away. And, you know, hey, it's the real deal, you know. All through high school, uh, you know, school's just full of second chances, but you get in the Army, there's no second chances. You know, you're training to be a soldier. And uh, I'll never forget, our feet hurt so bad. And walking to the chow hall wasn't very far. I mean, the length of a building and a half, you know, we were just kind of shuffling down there, not, not even really in formation. And those, this wasn't the first post-road march these drill sergeants have seen, so they kind of I didn't say nothing. Well, like I said, we're 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 on the last stretch of uh, you know fixing to go home. We're, it's not long. Graduation's coming. So all that meanness and stuff, uh, you know, and, and super strictness has kind of let up a little bit. Now, whatever happened to that little old gal that gave me so much encouragement on that road march that night? You know, fast forward a little more down the road, and we get back home, and uh, all those years. Uh, she wasn't there, you know, but all those years I thought, well, I guess maybe she went to college and uh, just moved away from that little town and you know, got married or whatever. And just, I never seen her again. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's only been in the last three or four years, maybe that I finally reconnected with her on social media. And that letter was never mentioned. Uh, seems like she has uh, a nice little family, but boy, the inspiration that she had to uh, offer a a kid from so far from home with the finish line uh, in sight. Hey, listen, thanks for stopping in again, and we'll see you next time on Past the Lunchroom.